Good morning, everybody. Tis morning. So, uh, quick, uh, quick question. Looking over at this wall, can anyone tell what our new logo is going to be? SpongeBob nailed it. Yes, we're going to have SpongeBob big thing over there, and uh, no, not at all. Okay, <laughs> but we are working on the painting, and it looks great so far. It's. Um, it was a whole process yesterday. We had a ton of people here, um, Nancy, my wife, and uh, Tom. Oh, man, I'm just trying to remember. There's Tom, Jason, Luke, Bob, Joy, uh, Will, Helen, Keith. Kathy brought cookies and muffins, and Pam made lunch. And Stuart, Stuart, did I say Stuart and Jolie? They were both there. Yes. So there's a pile of people, and if I forgot you, I'm sorry. But it was really fun. We had a great time. So uh, obviously, uh, we're not quite done yet, but uh, we will be uh, processing over probably the next couple of weeks um, between finishing this off and the ceiling and getting the sound panels back up. So if it sounds really echoing here this morning, that's part of it is why, because there's no sound panels on the back, which absorbs some of the sound. So um, it does actually sound a little odd up here right now, because it <laughs> I, can hear, I can hear myself. It's kind of bizarre. I don't like to hear myself. Uh, anyways, but thank you all so far who've uh, uh, participated, and we will be doing it again uh, next Saturday. Um, if if you got some time to come out and help uh, roll, if you're not good at cutting in paint, you know we we can use rollers and all that kind of stuff. So it was a great time. So thank you, and uh, yeah, we will continue to uh, keep our building tuned up. So that's good stuff. So have you ever considered yourself to be a saint? <laughs> That's funny. So uh, that's, that's probably the most reaction I ever got out of a question that I started sermon. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which actually really plays into my point quite well, because uh, I chuckled in myself when I asked myself that question. But, but maybe you did. Maybe you do at times. But like, so think about like the time where you were like the most holy, where you were like, you know, you felt like you got all your stuff together and and everything was going well, and and you know, maybe in those moments, you know, where like you're like. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe I could be a saint. And then you stub your toe and you start cursing like a drunken sailor and you rage out on the cat as you pump it or punt it across the room. You know, that's, that's kind of what happens, right? We can, we can have moments where we might think, hey, I'm a saint, I'm doing pretty good. And then, and then reality hits and we realize, okay, yeah, we're not saints, not at all. Uh, but there are, in man's eyes, there are actually people who have achieved sainthood. It's a true story. And uh, there's one guy, his name is St. Bernard, and there's actually a couple St. Bernards. But we're talking about the one, uh, St. Bernard, is of, he's from Menthon. And uh, he was an Italian priest who he set up these shelters in the Alps uh, to help people as they were traveling between, I forgot where it was, Switzerland and Italy, yeah. So he'd set up these shelters, and people would be traveling over the Alps, and they would have, they'd find shelter there and spiritual care and food and all of that. And that's one of the things he did. So he really served people in an environment that was, uh, oftentimes was very tough. But he wanted to be able to serve. And that wasn't the only one he set up. But he set up multiple ones. And uh, actually, he was the guy who, he bred some dogs too. So to help him in the rescue of people and to help people, he bred the famous St. Bernard breed, right? We got a picture of that. Look at that. Isn't it cute? That's a huge dog. Yeah. So... Um, and uh, just FYI, the little cask of brandy around the neck, that's a myth. That's not true. Uh, there's no historical evidence of that, but it's kind of a neat thing anyways. You know, they, uh, supposedly you would get stuck in the snow, and they'd come up with that keg, and you'd take a chug, and you'd get all warm and fuzzy inside, and you wouldn't die. 
which is probably the opposite of what happens when you get alcohol. But anyways, this guy did amazing things. I mean, he served so many people, and uh, he also got a, a breed of dog named after him, which he did himself, but he achieved sainthood. And you, you can think of other saints that we may know, uh, Mother Teresa in Calcutta. You know, she did amazing things. She served people uh, with just everything she had. You know, for, to her dying day, she was serving people. And so when you think of a saint in man's eyes, then those are the kind of people you think of. Yes, those people should be called saints. And uh, what, what we've been doing here, in the, well, we just started last week, but we're going through a series of what it means to be in Christ. And how does being in Christ affect our identity? So one of the things that's really important about knowing who we are and knowing our identity is when we know who we are, and we have a, it gives us a sense of purpose. It gives us a sense, okay, this is who I am, and so this is what I need to be doing. It gives us a sense of security. You don't get tossed all over the place by every, you know, fad that comes along because you go, you know, I know who I am, I know what I believe, and I know who, uh, you know, so you don't just, you just don't get blown around by every new fad that comes along. So it gives you a sense of security. You feel good about where you're at. You don't feel lost and adrift. Another thing is it gives you a sense of place and belonging. You belong to Christ, when you're in Christ and you have that identity, you know who you are in him, and it's a real wonderful place to be. I belong to somebody and I belong to a group of people. So being in Christ affects our identity by giving us purpose and helping us feel secure and also helping us get a sense of belonging. So what does that mean to be in Christ and be a saint in the eyes of God and not in the eyes of man? So that's kind of what I want to look at today. So what does it mean to be a saint when we're in Christ, and how does it affect our identity, and how does it affect our life? So, if we define saint as someone who is, you know, they're so holy, they're just, they're perfect, they've got a great attitude all the time, they never sin, I mean, they're, they're so righteous that they glow, you know, if we define a saint as that, then we're pretty, um, you know, it's like most of us can say, yeah, nope, <laughs> I am not a saint, right? But that's because we, if we look at sainthood based on our work, on what we're doing, then everyone falls short. You know, I'm sure, uh, I don't know if you've like, done any reading on uh, Mother Teresa or anything like that, but she had many, many times in her life where she was like in the pit of despair because she felt like her life wasn't worthy. She wasn't doing enough. And so when we base our sainthood on our work and how good we are, it's just not going to happen. You're never going to make it. You're never going to be able to be completely secure in the fact that you are a saint. So, but when we're in Christ, we get called a saint. We become a saint, not because of our work, but because of him. We become a saint because of the graciousness of a God the Father and the work of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him who knew or who had no sin to be sin for us. So God made Jesus, who never sinned, who perfectly righteous, perfectly holy, he made to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So in Christ, if you are in Christ, meaning you have given your life to him, you said, Jesus, I surrender to you, uh, you know, we, I, I ask you to forgive my sin. I know I can't do it on my own. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. That's being in Christ. When we do that, in God's eyes, we are declared righteous. We are declared righteous, and we are a saint. Another way that Paul, uh, Paul writes 
a lot of the New Testament. And it's interesting because when, you, when you're in Christ, God looks at you and he doesn't see a sinner. He sees a saint. And Paul reflects this in a lot of his greetings. So in the letter he wrote uh, to the Ephesians and the letter of Colossians and Rome and Corinthians, uh, there's multiple letters. Philippians is another one where he greets it, depending on the translation you read. But basically the gist of it is that to the saints in, and then he would name this the city. And he's talking about all the saints. He's talking about everybody. Everyone who's in Christ, you are a saint. So when God sees us when we're in Christ, he doesn't see a sinner, he sees a saint. And Paul reflects that in his greetings. Time and time again in the New Testament, we are called saints. So how does the saint being a saint affect us? How does that make us different? How does that make us, you know, interact with life in a different way? Well, first off, because we are a saint when we're in Christ, it keeps us from extremes. So one extreme is, is you can beat yourself up about who you are. Maybe shame gets piled on you and you're just like, I am just a filthy sinner. I am not worth anything. I am a dirtbag. Well, if you're in Christ, he says, no, no, you're not. You are a saint. Yes, you still sin, but your identity, your primary identity is not a sinner. It is a saint. So in Christ, I am a saint. So it can keep us from this, this going down the road of despair where we're just like, ah. But it can also keep you from going, hey, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I got I got stuff going for me. I'm pretty awesome. I'm pretty holy, you know. Well, when we understand that we're a saint in Christ, we know that it wasn't by our work. Like I already said, it's not because of our good work that we're a saint. It's nothing that we've done. It is a 100% free gift from God. It is God pouring out his grace on us, and it is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross to die for our sins. He became sin so that we could become righteous. And so when you start getting a little, hey, I'm doing pretty good, you need to remember, (laughs) it's not you. It's not you who's doing it. We need to let our lives glorify Christ. So it it can keep us from the pit of despair, you know, where we're just like, I'm worth nothing. I am nothing. No, you're a saint. But it can also keep us from, hey, I'm a pretty awesome saint. Look at me. I'm pretty, look at what I can do. No, it's the work of Jesus Christ. So knowing who we are, knowing that we are a saint in Christ and what that means, keeps us from those extremes. Another thing is a saint keeps, uh, or as a saint, our source of strength is different. So our ability to do good things, to actually change, have change affect our lives, to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, is different. We don't have to do it from our own abilities. We have the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. When you are in Christ, you get sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 5 says this, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So when you're in Christ, you can be in a place where you're not dominated by the sinful nature. So we have this struggle going on, and we'll talk more about that later. But there is a struggle going on between our flesh and between the Spirit in us that wants to do what's good. But in Christ, our source of strength to actually do good is the Holy Spirit. It's not us. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to do this on your own. 
you don't have to try to overcome your anger issues on your own. You don't have to overcome your lust issues on your own. In Christ, we have access to the Holy Spirit who does a work in us. When we do that, we allow the Spirit to dwell in us, and it enables us to live in a way that pleases God. One of the ways that I've said it many times, it stole from David Peach, is, you know, it makes God smile. (laughs) I want to live my life in a way that makes God smile. That's a great way to live. But we can do that when we're in Christ because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and because of how we are declared righteous in him. So in Christ, our source of strength is different. In Christ, we need to understand that it, we can be kept from extremes, you know, from going down the road in this spiral down into despair, but also spiraling up into, you know, this raw arrogance. Another thing in Christ is our relationship, and this is kind of a weird way of saying it, but our relationship with sin is different. How we interact with sin is different. So what does that mean? So, once again, not understanding that we're in Christ, that we are saints, we can fall into despair. And sometimes when we don't understand that we are primarily a saint when we're in Christ, when we're in him, when we're a believer, when we're a follower of Jesus— That means we are a saint. We'll get into sin management. So instead of sin really, you know, like us dealing with the things in our lives that that are causing damage to us and causing damage to other people, you know, our impatience, you know, our anger, um, you know, just whatever it is, our selfishness, those kinds of things. What we do is we just try to manage it. And because we don't really understand that, you know what, we don't have to just manage our sin It's dealt with. We are a saint in God's eyes. We are declared righteous. So we don't want to get to the place where we're just doing sin management. We need to pursue Jesus and his grace to allow the working of the Holy Spirit to, you know, change us. So then we get the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, who doesn't want those kinds of things evident in their life? We want those things in our life. Once again, going back to the Corinthian scripture. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We need to understand that we can go beyond sin management and just trying to kind of manage our sin, but we can be victorious over sin because we, as we stand before God, are righteous. And obviously, as a saint, I'm not saying that we don't sin because we really do, you know. Just because you're a saint doesn't mean you don't sin. But there's a big difference between, between someone who's, you know, who sees themselves as a sinner and they're struggling to do things and they're working hard to be a saint. It's a big difference between that and someone who is a saint, who is declared righteous in Christ, and who struggles with sin sometimes. And we look at that. That's kind of this weird thing about the kingdom of God. When, we, when you're a follower of Jesus, there's the now and not yet kingdom. So we have access to the kingdom of God. So there's stuff that Jesus is doing now, but it's not going to be completely done until he comes back again, right? So there's now, there's, there's access to grace and love and the power of the Holy Spirit, but there's going to be a day when he comes back where he wraps it all up and it's just going to be a glorious time. But until then, there still is a struggle going on in us. So we look at that as in Christ, we have been declared entirely righteous, but we haven't been made completely righteous yet. It's a process, right? 
I think anyone who knows that even if you've walked for the Lord for a long, long time, there's still this continual process in us that's, that's renewing us. So we are, in God's eyes, righteous. We are a saint, but we're a saint who sins. <laughs> I think uh, the account was over I know, was a couple hundred times, but talking about um, people who are sinners was in the sense of those who hadn't yet given their lives to Christ. So they weren't in Christ. So there's a difference, because the Bible says when you're in Christ, you are not a sinner, you are a saint. But that doesn't mean you don't sin. When we understand that, we can move beyond sin management and know that there's going to be a time where it is completely dealt with. But until then, we need to stand on the fact that we are in Christ. We are made righteous in him, but yet we still struggle with sin. So that also means that as in our struggle with sin, is we grow and mature in Christ. So when we start understanding that I am a saint and I don't have to submit to the sin, I don't have to submit to, you know, uh, my impatience, you know, <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't have to submit to my selfishness. I don't have to. We start maturing and we grow. And we become more intentional about rooting out the things in our life that aren't good for us, that cause damage, and that are actually not good for other people, that are causing damage to other people. We start rooting out the things in our lives that cause this uh, inability to really relate to others and play well with others. So as you grow in Christ and you understand it, you should be moving towards that place where you're growing uh, in your, your desire to sit before the Lord and say, you know, search me, O God, and know my heart. We seek him and ask him to root out our sin. Psalms 19, 12 through 13 says, How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free from guilt and innocent of great sin. It's, that's, as you grow, you're going to do that more. You're going to say, I don't even know what's going on in here. <laughs> and a lot of times I just feel meh. If you just meh. You know, sometimes I just meh. I don't know why I'm crabby. <laughs> Shut up. Leave me alone. You ever feel like that? You know, you just kind of meh. People are ticking you off. Everyone's annoying. If everyone would just grow up, you know, you'd, you'll be way better. Yes. You never, Keith never feels like that. Yeah. Never, never. <laughs> Yesterday you did. <laughs> but we get to that point where we're just, we might not even know what's going on. But well, we have access to Jesus. We have access to the Holy Spirit who can examine our lives. And just that stuff that just makes us feel, man, the stuff that's just sucking the life out of us, the stuff that we just don't like about ourselves, we can allow the Holy Spirit to change. And I think, too, when we understand who we are in Christ, when we understand that we're a saint, some of the stuff we don't like about ourselves is not necessarily bad stuff. It's stuff that's just been warped, and maybe we don't see it in, in God's eyes. And then he starts changing our worldview. He starts changing how we see ourselves so that some of the stuff we thought was good, he's like, no, you need to deal with that. <laughs> and some of the stuff about us, who we are, who makes up a personality that we thought, oh, man, I wish I wasn't this, I wish I wasn't that, or I wish I was more like this person. He's like, no, you know what? I like you the way you are in this way. When we sit before the Lord and ask him to search our heart as we grow in maturity of being in Christ, we start understanding the difference between those things. And oftentimes there is. There's some things in us that are just, just they need to go. But there's, there's, there's beauty in you. God has created you with unique gifts and talents, and sometimes because of what people have said to us, we just think, ah, 
you know, I just want to get rid of this thing, this aspect about me. Maybe it's how you look or whatever it is. I don't know. But, you know, you just how it affects your self-esteem, you know. And, and I'm not saying this is all about your self-esteem. But there are definitely things that God sees about you that you maybe don't see in a good way. And he's trying to say, I like that. <laughs> I like you that way. I like your personality that way. But there's also things about our personality that we can't say, well, hey, it's just the way I am. Because it's not healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy for you or the people around you. But when we say to God, cleanse me from these hidden faults, keep your servant from deliberate sin, when we do that, we can start understanding the difference between those things. And we start getting out of, you know, it doesn't mean you're never going to have a day, but you get less of them. <laughs> the more we mature in Christ and the more we understand that we are a saint and that in his eyes we are righteous, the more you can start walking in freedom and the more you can start saying, you know what? God's awesome. <laughs> God is awesome. Another great thing about our interaction with sin is um, it's like it doesn't lead to despair. Romans seven eighteen through 19. This is the struggle that... Uh, I talked about earlier. So this is the, the Apostle Paul. This guy, his name's Paul, and he's writing to the Romans. Uh, and he's basically, he's going to describe in the Scripture the struggle that goes on within him. And I'm sure most of us can relate in some way, in some fashion. But he says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. So that's a whole other topic about the fact that even when you're in Christ, you're declared righteous, but we still have a sinful nature. We still have this part of us that's not gone yet. It will be someday, but it's still there. So he's saying this is still there. There's nothing good in that. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, this I keep doing. You ever been in that? <laughs> it's like, you know, you do something you don't want to do, and you're like, okay, that's the last time. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. I put my foot down, you know. <laughs> this reminded me of Mabel. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's that, that idea that I'm just, I'm not going to do it again. And then 10 minutes later, you do it again. You know, or you might get a day out or whatever, and you just keep crashing and burning. And then you're like, you know what? I, you know, if I did this for this person, it would be really, that would really bless them. You know, that would really make them smile. And you're like, I'm going to do that. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> And then tomorrow comes, and you're like, oh, okay, tomorrow. <laughs> There's this struggle that goes on in us. It's crazy. Even when we're in Christ, we stand before him. We're a saint. We're declared righteous, and yet there's still part of us that's just wanting its selfishness. I want me. I want my stuff. I want what I want. Dang it. <laughs> it's not healthy for us. But as we struggle with that, what keeps us from going to despair is the fact that we are a saint and the fact that we're in Christ. And another scripture in Romans, Romans 8, 1 through 2, says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. As a saint, there is now no condemnation. Because when you stand before God, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the righteousness of Christ. 
you are made right in his eyes. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. There isn't a single person on the planet who can't, who is like out of reach of the righteousness of Christ, out of reach of his grace. We can all have access to him. We can all allow him to shape us and, and make us into people who are, who are kind and loving and caring and, and who are alive on the inside. We don't feel dead on the inside because we know who we are. We don't feel battered around and confused and lost. We feel anchored and secure because we're standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. And then when the enemy comes in and we hear lies about, you know, you're this, you're that, you're nothing, we can say, nope, <laughs> nope. I know I'm unworthy. I know I'm a sinner, but I'm in Christ, and I'm declared righteous in his eyes, and there's no condemnation. Shame? No. You can say no to shame when you're in Christ because he has set you free from the law of sin and death, and that to me is amazing. So remember that. Remember that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In him we might become the righteousness of God. So when you're in Christ, that's the place you stand. And you don't have to be condemned. There's a quick, dip, or a quick note on the difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is when the Holy Spirit says, hey, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> that's not good. Or he points out a sin in our life, something that we're doing that's not right, right? That's conviction. But what it does is it leads to us forgiving and repenting, and it leads to life. Condemnation says, hey, that thing you did, you're a dirtbag. You're never going to beat that. That's going to be part of you your whole life. You're a loser, and it leads to death. It doesn't, leave, it doesn't lead to that getting rid of that, that shame or that sin. Or that wound. That's condemnation. That's not from God. But it doesn't mean that once in a while he's not going to discipline you in the sense of saying, hey, you need to change that. (laughs) And you can through the power of the Holy Spirit and through repentance. You are a saint if you are in Christ. And that's, that's, you can't lose it. You can't lose your sainthood. It's eternal. You are forever sealed with the Holy Spirit. read this one more time. Kevin, you want to come up? This one? So as we're, as we're singing, as we're worshiping the Lord, this is an opportunity, once again, you can sit and um, just kind of ponder this thought, or you can worship with the Lord, you can pray, have a moment, but I just want to read Romans 1, or 8, 1 through 2 again, and just really think about this. Therefore, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, once again, it's through his work, what he's done, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit and we are set free That's amazing. And so let's just worship the Lord. Why don't you stand for a moment? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, in this moment, we just submit our lives to you. 
I pray that you would teach us continually what it means to be in Christ. I pray today that we would understand that as we are in you, as we have given our lives to you, as we follow you, we are declared righteous in your eyes, that we are a saint. And Father God, we acknowledge with great humility that we are a saint who sins. And I ask for healing and wholeness in our lives. But I also pray against all the lies and schemes of of Satan that would try to say you're not enough, that you can't be forgiven, that you can't approach God, that Jesus doesn't love you. We say no in the name of Jesus. That's not true. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And God, you you love us. You love us. You always have and you always will. Help us to rest in that. Help us to arrest our, uh, rest in our identity in, in you. I thank you for all that you have done for us. And I pray in this moment that you would draw us in, speak to us, and shape our lives. In Jesus' name.